thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of the Emerge Network. For more information, log on to EmergeNetwork.org. Hi, this is Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread. This is our fourth episode of our new podcast. Excited about it, and we hope that it's uh, feeding you. Please give us some comments and and write us back so that we can serve you better. We'd like to get into an ongoing discussion with you because we understand that there are people from many different countries, and the church finds many various forms, and uh, you know we want to have that. We want to have a lively discussion. So uh, please post your your comments back to the website emergenetwork.org. Okay, let's get into this week's thread. Today we're in Mark chapter 1. We've gotten up to verse 13. Now we're in verse 14. Uh, We'll just see how far we can get in about the next 10 minutes. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. That's, That's the content of his preaching. He was preaching the good news about the kingdom of God. He was saying, the time is fulfilled The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This is really important for us because it gives us the content of the words of Jesus. Somebody said it to me this uh, in the last week in a podcast I was listening to. He said, do you believe in Jesus or do you believe what Jesus believed? Now, there's a difference there because the church has come up with various forms of what it's called to believe in Jesus. So, you know, we've come up with an idea and this is who Jesus is and this is what he does for you. And again, in Western Christianity, it's largely uh, consumeristic the way it's presented. He'll give you more money. He'll give you a, a marriage that works. He'll help you succeed in life. And I'm not saying any of this isn't true. It's just the point is. That's the, pat, you know, we're big on marketing. So that's the marketing package. It's all benefits. It's what is in it for you. And so we'll say, okay, and Jesus is son of God, and he's also fully man. Do you believe in Jesus? And they say, well, yeah. And we say, great, it's done. Pray this prayer, quick little prayer. And then we say, fantastic, you are now a believer. Well, it's a different thing to say, okay, that thing you just sold me, I believe in it, versus... I fully believe whatever Jesus believed in. I buy into his value system and whatever he loved, I'm going to love. And whatever he hated, I'm going to hate. And my life is going to match his life. Now, that's an entirely different thing. So let me ask you, do you believe in Jesus or do you believe what Jesus believed in? And we've got to come down to that because if you're going to uh, repeat the gospel and if it's going to be our job to now declare the gospel and be the ones who take up the proclamation of that gospel, we better get it right. You don't just preach the gospel that your culture preached to you because they may have had it wrong. You've got to go back to the book and read the red letters. If you can get one of those Bibles with red letters in it, the red letters mean that's what Jesus himself said and while i'm on this 
subject, let me just say, I've got a fundamental issue with the way that even the gospel is presented. Because, you know, here's my point of view. If Jesus is really the Son of God, I mean, he is God in human flesh, and he came down from heaven, out of eternity, went to all of this, came down to be the mouthpiece of God, why is it that in the modern church, when we say, explain salvation to me, we immediately go over to the book of Romans, and we say, well, here it is, the Roman road, it's nice and simple, one, two, three, here's four little steps. Time out. Is Jesus the word of God and did he bring us the message about our salvation? If he did, and if he didn't, I'm, you know, I don't know where to go with this. You know, he's the he's the founder of our faith. It's all about him. So in my mind, he did bring us an accurate message about salvation. It's just it's not that neat little thing where you can pull a verse from this chapter and a verse from that one and say, you know, in sort of an industrial fashion so you can get 100 people all at once to say, pray this prayer, believe in your heart, say these words. All right, great. We did it. Hit the organ. You know, another successful church service. You don't see Jesus doing anything like that. You never see him leading somebody in a package prayer. He never, after he prays with somebody, says, hey, congratulations. You are now born again. You've got a contract with God. You're in a covenant forever. You know, forever. God will never break his word to you and go into this whole thing. He's got a different approach to this. And um, it's not a matter of um, that one's necessarily wrong and one's right. It's about emphasis. And if you put your emphasis on the wrong thing, even if even if something is a good thing, if you overemphasize it, like, let's say, modesty in your dress, you know, you overemphasize that. And all of a sudden you're bound up in all kinds of legalism and. You're afraid to, you know, wear something that might show part of your shoulders or, you know, it just goes on forever. It's about keeping the main thing in the front. And so I want to hear the gospel from the mouth of Jesus. And I want him to explain the gospel to me. And that's exactly what he's going to do today. John the Baptist preached the same message. Jesus picked it up when John was put in prison. He began to declare the exact same sermon that John was giving, the kingdom of God is here. And he's the 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 message about the kingdom uh, has some pattern to it. First of all, it's an urgent message. As we said in one of the previous podcasts, there is a coming date, an eschatological date. That means the end of the world. There's a coming date when God has slated for judgment in the world. And everyone is going to stand. You are going to stand there and I am going to stand there and we are going to give account for our life in this world. And the sad news is we're going to fail miserably at that moment. We are not prepared for the judgment of God on our life. So God in his mercy, God in his love has now sent prophets to us. And these prophets are issuing God's advance warning to us and he's saying if you will turn away from your pattern of sin if you will walk away from that life actively not just with words and not just with your mind if you will put action to it and turn away from your life of sin you will be saved it's a promise from God but it's a promise that requires action on our part and Jesus goes around saying you don't have forever 
This is not something you can put off and on your deathbed you say some little prayer and say, aha, I beat God. I don't think you will. You uh, have an opportunity. Here is your invitation. It is a limited time offer because you are in a, a clash between the old age and the new age. God's kingdom has invaded the world, and now there's going to be spiritual war between the dark side and God's side. You're going to get caught up in the middle of it, but the kingdom has come to you, and God is offering you his hand, saying, the time is at hand, it's right now, and you need to make up your mind and enter under God's rule. Jesus said this is the good news about the kingdom of God. You're not without hope. The world is not without hope. God has sent his kingdom. It has invaded the world through Jesus. And through Jesus, God offers an olive branch to a planet full of rebels. And he says, you can enter my rule. You can come under me. You can leave the darkness, you can leave the dark ruler, and you can become my child. I will adopt you into my family, and you will live under my rule. But not just because of some prayer, and not just because in your mind you believe something. As the scripture later says, the devil believes it. That doesn't make him saved. It's not, you know, what truth you accept in your mind. There's a very clear word, and it's the word repent. In the Greek, it's metanoia. And this word, if I can make one change in church, if I could take one thing and emphasize it more, this is my one-step solution for what I think is, is making the church sick uh, in many different countries. Uh, and that is the absence of the word repent at the very center of the gospel message. The gospel is not... Pray the sinner's prayer and you will be saved. Jesus never does that with anyone. No one in the New Testament does that. Uh, I mean, I can honestly, I can't keep myself from praying the sinner's prayer with people. Uh, I want them to get started praying to God. But I also do not say, fantastic, you just said the magic prayer and now it's all over for you. Uh, this is just the beginning few words. But the real thing that God's looking for is action in your life. He wants to see you take the steps necessary to enter the kingdom of God. And this is one, if you're a shepherd over other people or if you're just trying to uh, help your friends leave a life of sin or if you're trying to get out of it yourself, let me, let me help you here. Just take this word of Jesus, repent, and put it in the very center of the table. Because, like, I think if we put less emphasis on prosperity and healing your marriage and feeling better about yourself and, you know, being a champion and succeeding in life and all these themes that we just won't quit talking about. If we would take those and kind of push them off to the side because they're all true, but they're not true at that level. And if we'd put repentance in the center of the table and say, OK, look, you have to repent. And it, it doesn't look the same for everybody. You know, in my life, I already told you, um, I had to repent. I had my own need to repent. I had to face God with what I'd done, and I had to clean up my mess and try to fix it. Now, I wasn't saving myself, and I wasn't paying for my sins. But I had sins out there, and I had to deal with it. And in my case, as I told you in the podcast, um, I had to go back and pay people for things that I stole when I was part of a gang. 
if we would carefully give pastoral care to everybody who comes into the kingdom of God and says, I want to follow Jesus, if we, would, if we did nothing else, I think, if we didn't get them to do Bible memory or, you know, if the focus was on personal repentance, I think we would be so much better off as a church that we would just sit down with people and say, okay, let's talk about a fearless moral inventory of your life. Let's ask God to just dig down deep until he hits bedrock in you. And let's look at all the stuff in your life. Now, this might take a while. This might take a year. Uh, but you're going to have to deal with your stuff. And let's just go slow because we've all got it. And ask the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of times of just uh, sitting down with a blank sheet of paper saying, Holy Spirit, who do I need to go talk to? I've hurt these people. I know I've hurt people. Who do I need to go face, Lord? What have I help me, Lord? I want to I want to burn my bridges to sin. What are those things, Lord, that I own physical things that I own uh, that I know I shouldn't own or maybe uh, other things? You know, in sexual areas, you've got all kinds of uh, opportunities to get into pornography now. And, um, you know, our heart will tempt us and we have to come clean and put that on the table. And anything that reminds us and brings back a loyalty to our lifetime in sin, we need to break that. We need to bring that to the cross and we need to burn it and nail it there. And if we would do it, no matter how expensive, I mean, you really might have to quit your job. I don't know what your job is, but I've talked to people before and I wouldn't tell them to do this because it's not up to me. You know, it's not for me to do that. Uh, but I've, you know, I've dealt with people before in their life, and they had jobs that were connected to sin. Now, they weren't in the pornography business. I don't know anybody in that life yet. But they were in, they're just in money-making. But it was money-making that required them to lie for their boss or to make a false claim about their company and what they're going to do or, you know, whatever. But they knew that being, uh, sinning against people was a requirement of their work. And they had to fudge numbers and they had to, and you just have to stand up and take it. If you're really going to enter the kingdom, you've got to enter the kingdom. So Jesus doesn't say the kingdom of God is at hand. Pray the sinner's prayer and believe the gospel in your heart and I'll save you. He says, repent and believe the gospel because, you know, you don't, like we said before, you don't know a person by their words. You know them by their deeds. And when you stand up and you say, all right. I'm going to act on this. And everybody watches you and they're just amazed. Let me tell you a couple stories. I know I've gone more than my 10 minutes, but stick with me here. Uh, when I was in the Philippines, I first moved there and I was the, um, I was the dean of a graduate school. And there was a student, I was advising her. She came in and I started getting her, li- I, li- I always wanted to ask them what their life story was. So she started telling me hers and this was her story. She said, my husband was killed in a freak accident at a gun firing range here in Metro Manila. And uh, I was, you know, I was devastated. My kids are in shock. We've just lost our, the, my husband and the provider, and we don't know what we're going to do now. And we had a funeral, and as we uh, entered the funeral there, you know, the body's in the front, and I look to the side, and here's this lady. I've never seen her in my life. And and here are two, or, you know, I forget she had two or three kids, and these, you know, this lady's crying. These kids are crying. 
And she said, I sat down and I thought, who is she? And I went over and, and I introduced myself. You know, I'm his wife and, and I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. And the lady looked up with, you know, tears running down her face and said, I'm his mistress. These are his children. And we don't know what we're going to do. And she said, my blood began to boil. You know, how dare this woman come into our family's funeral and bring that to me? And, you know, how insensitive, how uncaring, you know, that she would make the funeral now be, that's what the funeral was going to be about, was her showing up. But she said, just as I'm sitting there stewing over this thing, the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I had become a Christian. My husband never would, but I, you know, I came to follow the Lord and the voice spoke to me and said, forgive her because I forgave you. And it just stopped her in her tracks. The Lord said, embrace her and love her. And she did it. She turned to the lady and she put her arms around her. And they, you know, then she brought her into her house and they started getting to know each other. And a few weeks later, she invited her to go to church with her. And at church, the lady gave her life to the Lord. And they've started having like a Sunday family reunion. And uh, because she wants her kids to know their half brothers and sisters and and they, you know, she told me this story, and when she finished it, and she wasn't bragging. She was just letting me know what her story was. And when she finished and walked out the door, I just thought, Lord, I just met a Christian. You know, she just did what, <laughs> she did what the gospel requires of us. What an example. I was challenged. You know, how many people would just, you know, do the exact opposite under those circumstances. So repent and obey the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. And then, yeah, we'll be saved and we'll be changed and we'll be dynamic and God will use us in powerful, powerful ways. So don't be afraid to go that extra mile. You know, if the Lord tells you to do something, you think it's going to make you look weak or like somebody that gets walked on or, you know, how can, how can I be expected to do this or that? You know, don't argue with the Holy Spirit. Just do it. Just do it. God has his reasons and his ways are very clear. His value system is clearly revealed in Christ. We just have to embrace that value system and live it out no matter what it costs. 